0: On this week's final show of the season Trophy triumph for Bromley Manager Andy Woodman comes down from the high To speak to us about the victory
1: I'm delighted for Cheeky If anyone deserves to score the winning goal at Wembley uh, Which I did tell him he'd do that When I left him out a few weeks ago And he the up um, I said you need a rest You're going to score the winning goal at Wembley You've got to trust me And for him to do that You
2: know it was brilliant
0: And what a season for Sheppard United Chairman Matt Smith Talks us through their campaign to remember
2: unreal to be honest and, and, and a testament to them guys and the players that come in beyond my wildest dreams i couldn't i could never have
0: imagined it and we try to phone a manager during the show but he doesn't pick up find out who that is as we bring another season of the kent only podcast to a close Fun and for the final time this season, welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Ultimate highs and lows this week as Bromley win the FA Trophy at Wembley, but absolute heartbreak for Ebb Street United as they suffer late defeat to Dorking Wanderers in the playoff final. We're going to dissect all of that and look back over the season as a whole. The first one in three years has actually finished. Uh, I'm John Phillips, and I'm really hoping something is going to come off later in the show. And with me, of course, is the man who wasn't even aware of the late drama on Saturday due to an empty phone battery. It's Matt Gerald. How are you, my friend?
3: Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, good, mate. It's, uh, plenty of drama the last few days. Um, last pod of the uh, season, which has been it's been a long season, but uh, I think the break will do us good. But we'll come back um, fitter and stronger for next season. Looking forward to it. But we'll make sure... Uh, we go out with a bang.
0: I was actually looking fun enough when I was trying to write your intro there, and, and I'm not sure how close to your big day we're going to be when we come back for for the start of the new season. I suppose be
3: right, because uh, the season starts on 31st, is it? First?
0: Exactly. So you're slap-banging in the danger zone, aren't you? Yes,
3: it could be just a couple of days before, couldn't it? My, my birthday must be a Tuesday this year. Tuesday, yeah. Oh. Tuesday. So, yes, it could be uh, the day after. So I could be so drunk, John, and, <laughs> uh, hungry of life, that I could be from there. So, yeah. But yeah. no, yes, yes. My big day is in in the summer. So yeah, so not not it's not a big birthday, but um, yeah. But never had never had to go to school on my birthday, John. So we won't be recording on the birthday. Do you right?
0: know? I started school on my fifth birthday. My first ever day at yeah, school right. was my birthday. How how rough is that? That's not good, is it?
3: No, I suppose that's what it is. You get on with it. You're probably lucky you didn't go when you were four back in the days.
0: Yeah, well, I suppose I, but I literally, well, I would have done if I'd been born a day <laughs> a day later. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's one of, it's one of those. And, and obviously, in my birthday being like the first week of school, I never got the day off unless it was like the weekend. So I always had to go to school on my birthday, which sucked, to be honest.
3: Uh, well, my, yeah, well, well, my kids eventually, they'll, they'll have to do exams on their birthday because that's am slumped that in the summer. So I await the tears on those sort of times.
0: I think normally though, aren't exams pretty much finished by then at that sort of time?
3: Uh, I think they're still going on at the moment, aren't they? So I think I think she came in and it's somebody said an exam was being placed on her birthday, so there could well be exams on their birthdays as well. So, but uh, that's a few years off yet. So, but yeah, no, luckily I never had to go on my birthday, so uh, we well, never got the excitement of sweets bringing in. I suppose did I? So I was lucky I ate everybody else's sweets rather than my own.
0: But then on the flip side of that, I suppose there was always a possibility that if you had a party, all your mates would be on holiday.
3: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but I, I'm a misery mate. I've never had parties. We
0: oh. Should, we, should we should have a party for one of your birthdays. I mean, what is it, another four years until the big one? We should, it, have, yeah, we should have a the, big,
3: the big party. One, yeah, the big one. The, 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 the half century. But, yeah, but well, I'm not really – um, I got no, not, not really for me, So sort of that sort of thing. So. But, again, well, if somebody would say take me to Wimpy or something, <laughs> I think I like still Wimpy because, of, of course, as a kid, then the highlight when you're about seven or eight is putting them, um, you know, taking the lid off the sugar and the salt and things like that, so everybody goes in their dinner, you know, crazy little thing. I remember things like that at the Wimpy at, at the Market Square in Dover. There you go.
0: Yes. Um, now I'm very, very cautious, Matt, because I remember uh, just over two years ago uh, recording this show and saying, "Oh, yeah, it seems like it's a bit of a cough." Um, are you worried about monkeypox? Um,
3: it sounds like something needs to be on the fast show that you've got monkeypox. No, it seems to be going on. uh, If you listen to Radio 2 with Jeremy Vine, you would be concerned about monkeypox. But at the moment, I'm not too concerned about monkeypox. Because, well,
0: are you concerned about monkeypox? Well, I wasn't concerned about COVID for a little while there. And look where that got us. Uh, So, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm...
3: Isn't it a skin thing, monkeypox?
0: so apparently that's a rough so, yeah.
3: face against yours or skin against something
0: oh i did read that apparently in, in parts a lot of it is sexually transmitted as well so right. um okay. you know so th- there's no danger of us giving it to each other mate
3: i don't know exactly yeah <laughs> or me to anybody else so there you go
0: yeah exactly uh so yeah we'll uh we've we'll oh, we really already
3: got to episode 216 and we started talking about sexually transmitted diseases so there you go it's good we've done well
0: i thought we'd i thought we'd have had to resort to that a lot sooner so especially exactly, when we yeah, had yeah. you know two seasons that didn't finish so
3: exactly
0: uh, yeah exactly. fair play to us for for that one uh, it's our 217th episode this week and in the book of the shining that's where all the creepy stuff happened but when the film came around it was room 237 that had to be avoided. Apparently, this was due to a request from the Timberline Lodge, a hotel in Oregon that was used for the exterior shots of the Overlook Hotel. Uh, the management asked Director Stanley Kubrick not to use t- room 217 as they feared guests would no longer want to stay in it once the film had been out. So that's why it became room two one, two, three, seven, Sorry. Apparently, though, room 217 is the most popular room at this hotel now. So, you know, it's obviously one of those. If they ever wanted to film something like that here, though, We'd have no issues unless the dodgy room number is less than six.
3: I've never seen The Shining. I'm not, Jack Nicholson, Never seen it. Do
0: you know? I've, I'm not. I'm not a sort of horror film sort of man, but I did watch. Um, what's the Stephen King one with Kathy Bates? Misery. Uh, um
3: and it, when he breaks. Yeah, yeah.
0: When he gets when he gets stuck in the in the room and everything, and and I actually quite enjoyed it. It was quite a quite quite a good a good film. So maybe that's something if I've got a bit more time on my hands at any point ever, uh, trust me, I've just got my UEFA shifts for the next month and uh, that's not going to be happening anytime soon. So, but I think it could be something I could kind of get into these sort of, I, I'm not sure about these modern sci-fi yeah. horror things, although I'm quite I enjoying quite Stranger like it's, Things it's,
3: still. I'm um, um, Stranger Things is back, which apparently gets a bit weird. I quite like Stranger Things, but when it gets a bit weird and sci-fi horror, uh, it might switch, I might switch off from that. But I'd say, so, I've never seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street films as, as a kid. Again, everybody was watching all things like that, but I've never seen any of them. So I'm not really a, I'm a bit of a wimpo. So I'm not really into that, into that sort of thing.
0: Well, to be fair, you and me both, my friend, I'm not I'm not into all that stuff. I don't like jumping and stuff like that. I just, I just, I just want to watch something and enjoy it. So uh, it's, it's one of those. Anyway, let's get on with the final show of the season. And let's start with a moment that no Bromley supporter will ever forget. As for the first time in their history, the Ravens, are the FA Trophy winners. Michael Cheek's goal was enough to see off Wrexham at Wembley. Had some hairy moments late on, a brilliant save and a, and a disallowed goal for offside. But in the end, it was job done for Andy Woodman. And the day after the Wembley win, Matt spoke to the Bromley manager.
1: Yeah, no, really good, really good. Uh, we had a nice evening uh, back at the hotel, a few uh, drinks were drunk. Uh, probably a lot of dancing uh, and uh, yeah, real good celebration for everyone involved at the club.
3: How the game the highlights I saw that sort of um, you seem to be the better side. Were you delighted how your game plan worked out?
1: Yeah, our game plan we execute, you know, perfectly to be honest. Um we worked on it all week. Well well, we worked on it for a few weeks to be honest. Um and I must give credit to my assistant Alan Dunn who's who's been you know, meticulous with his uh, his detail. Um and and we and, and then you gotta hope the guys execute it on the day and don't freeze on the day and they were they were, you
3: know, absolutely fantastic. You, going before the game, I presume everybody thought that Rex would go in as favourites. Uh, what was your thinking before the game? Did you think it was a, sort of a free hit for you? Or how did you feel it was? No, go? I, it was quite good, really, because um, that suited us, them being the favourites. Um,
1: and I'll, I'll be honest, I never thought for one minute we'd lose the game. I, I know people will laugh when I say that. Um, but we've, we've played them twice this year. We should have beaten them at home. We was unlucky down at their place where a man sent off after eight minutes, um, and we still give a good account of ourselves. And and obviously, you know Phil Parkinson, uh, who's someone I've worked with quite closely. uh, I just know how his team's going to play. They're pretty much one-dimensional, and if you can cope with that, then uh, and it's not easy to cope with it. By the way, you know you've got. you know, they've they got 71 goals in the top three, so I'm sort of, you know, making that sound like that's easy. But if you can keep that quiet and keep yourself up the pitch, then you know, you've, you've really got a chance. And uh, my boys were brilliant on
3: the day. Yeah, shout out for Michael Cheek, he's had a great goal scoring run in this competition. And yeah, you know, Corey Whiteley did ever so well, but you know, it's an under pressure finish and he's finished it well.
1: Yeah, it was a great finish. I, again, you know, you. The, We've worked on this, sliding the ball across from the floor, across you know, getting wide, sliding across the box on the floor. Um, you know, it was all prepped like almost like a training ground routine we've done there so um that's what i'm really extremely proud of you know the whole way the team took on the uh, information uh, we worked on it and then the moment in the game that come we executed it so really chuffed um, and i'm delighted for cheeky if anyone deserved to score the winning goal at wembley uh, which i did tell him he'd do that when i left him out a few weeks ago and he had the ump. um I said you need a rest but you're gonna score the win and go out Wembley. You've got to trust me and for him to do that, you know, was brilliant.
3: You mentioned it there, you know, your game plan. You know, you had you had the week. How is it pleasing as a manager that the things you've worked on, the players have taken on board and it's worked out. So that the heart you know, everybody sees the ninety minutes, but there's a lot of preparation going into this game, wasn't there? Yeah,
1: loads of preparation. Um yeah, and I, and I know sometimes, you know. We do it for most games, you know. You prepare properly and make sure you've got a game plan. And and some days it comes off, sometimes it, it doesn't. Uh, and then and, you know we can feel when people get frustrated. Why we're not shutting down? Why we're letting them have the ball? Um, you know. And then when when we show these moments of patience, and then we set the, set the traps for them to you know make a mistake, and then we counter attack on them. You know, it, it's brilliant when it all comes together. Um, mm-hmm. Let's not get away from the fact, though. You know, I'm not getting too uh, gassed by the idea that we were you know, so far brilliant in them because they had a couple of moments near the end and our goalkeeper saved the day for us.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think yeah, you're, um, when the guy scored, I think the 94th minute and offside, I think you're, you're um, puffed out your cheeks and were a little bit relieved at that point because, of course, last time, Robin at Wembley, that's what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I wasn't involved in the last time at Bromley in tennis uh, when, they, when they lost. But um, this time, I, I, I knew it had to be offside. I just knew it had to be offside. Being a goalkeeper, you know, when I've made a save like that, and someone's that close to put the rebound in, you instinctively know it's offside, and you just got to hope that the linesman's on his top of his game and does his job uh, at that moment. And that was my relief, really, that the linesman was on top of his game like the officials were and uh, give the offside that it was the right decision.
3: What was your feeling at 90 minutes when he blew that whistle? What was it? What, what were your louding <coughs> m- m- emotion?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I've said it many times. Uh, I was delighted for everyone involved. Um, everyone involved in the club. Uh, all those supporters that turned out. And for, for Bromley as a town itself, I, uh, it's never been about me um, it's been about the group of players that have worked so hard this year uh, we've had criticism because we didn't make the playoffs which you know uh, this cup, cup competition sort of probably took a bit of our focus away from that um, but we got a reward on the day and, and the whole town uh, and the whole sort of support probably was there to enjoy it with us and, and that has made me immensely proud because you know let's be honest it's been a tough couple of years uh, around the world, you know, with a lot of stuff not quite making us happy, and a lot of pressure on people's lives, and to give people a day of happiness like that is, is something that's made me really proud.
3: Uh, from a personal point of view, you've won at as Wembley as a player, and you've won as a manager. Which one would you say was the best feeling?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, um, I enjoyed winning as a player. I, I really did. Because you have the camaraderie with that group of players forever, ever in a day. Um, And funny enough, on Friday, I went to Northampton to uh, a dinner, a 25-year anniversary when we won at Wembley. So uh, whether that was a lucky omen or not, you know, that's what I I did on Friday uh, when we won there last time. Um, But as a manager, I think it's been my proudest moment because it's not for me, it's for these boys. And I know we'll come together as a group of players and staff maybe in 10 years' time again and reflect on this day where we're a lot older. And that's something that will be there forever. That's uh, that's in history now. We've we've put something in Bromley's history, so I'm really proud of that.
3: So what what's next then? Day off today then? I presume it's planning for next season, is it? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, there won't be, uh, no time to rest. Uh, I'm going to enjoy a day with my family um, today. Uh, they've uh, <laughs> ironically they've got a a celebratory barbecue for me. Uh, and it looks like my luck might have run
3: out. Just <laughs> jumping so. it down out there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so maybe, maybe I used to be luck yesterday. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have a nice day just relaxing, uh, replying to all the lovely messages I've got uh, and just reflecting really on, 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 on the achievement of, of my players yesterday
3: um, and then back to work tomorrow. Well, again, what's the, does it, this, winning this competition puts Bromley on a bit of a map. Does that allow you to attract more better better quality players, do you think? Well, it allows
1: to attract more better quality players, but it won't change my budget to all. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know,
2: look,
1: we we know where we're at as a club. We're, we're not Rexham, Um and uh, we we know where we're at. We're, we're a club growing. It, it, it does give us a bit of uh, a bit more stature, yeah, and it will attract one or two better players. Um, but we've still got to make sure we get the right players uh, with the right DNA that that team showed yesterday so if we're going to add players to that team they've got to have the same dna of those boys yesterday and i think my captain and uh he, he sort of showed the dna of our club yesterday and everything we're about and uh and that's why we wanted to just keep bringing to this football club players that work hard for the, for the badge
0: well i love that matt and i'm really pleased for him and everyone at bromley and I must have been my first thought of the finals of dave roberts a man who I'm sure would have had the biggest smile in the whole of London had he still been with us. A fantastic day for them, a great result. And Andy Woodman was on great form there, wasn't he?
3: Yeah, uh, as you would expect the the day after. Um, Clearly, he'd done his homework. i watched a bit of the highlights of the game. They seem to be the better team. And I think, you know, they've known for a while that the league had gone or the playoff players had gone. And he, he was tinkered with it a little bit, the team. And it worked out perfectly. Michael Cheek. Couldn't score a goal. And I saw him against Dover. He missed some chances. He looked edgy and sort of snatched at chances. But when the chance came to him on Sunday, and in the trophy, he's been absolutely superb. And a tidy finish and a lovely goal. And and I think we were there when they lost four years ago, weren't they, to Brackley? And the heartbreak, and you see on the fans there, but the highlight now, it must be an unbelievable feeling to see your side win at Wembley. And he's done an, an unbelievable round, Andy Woodman. Again, probably 18 months ago, whenever he was appointed, we were probably a bit surprised that he got the job. But a wise decision. Um, I'm sure even Neil Neil Smith would have been delighted with them as well. But a fantastic day for the supporters and a day you'll you'll never forget. And clearly, it will go down as the greatest day in the club's history. Um, I think probably forever, unless they get promoted into the Football League, it will never get any better than that, I would have thought.
0: I must admit, when, uh, when that offside goal went in, I went, oh, no, not again. You know, that was my first thought. And then, you know, you you watch it back and, oh, that was close. Luke Coulson just stepped up at the right moment. But Andy Woodman was completely confident that it was offside, unlike the Wrexham owners. And and I think we've all seen their reaction to it, haven't we?
3: Yeah, but I think they seem pretty courteous with all the Bromley players and getting involved in that. And hopefully for their thing, if you'd offer them that you get promoted and lose the trophy final, they'll take it. But this day is all about Bromley and... Mash, who we had last week, and he said he. I texted him afterwards, and he finally came back, probably because he would on that, and he said he was just emotionally and physically drained by the whole day, so and somebody who's been there all the time, so following the team, you know, what a lovely feeling it is, and as I always said to you, John, after we got, we went to that final, I never, and I always said, well, I'd love to see Dave at Wembley, that's probably the last thing, you know, what I'd love to do, but you want to see him win, and I'm delighted those Bromley fans who had the heartbreak four years ago, have got you know, the absolute dream of that. And you follow their social media the last few days, you have to say that, that, you know, the scenes are there will live forever for a lot of those Bromley supporters.
0: It was really interesting what he was saying about how, you know, it's not just about the 90 minutes and all the work and the preparation that he put into it. And I suppose in many ways, he was lucky that he, (laughs) lucky is the wrong word to use, but when their uh, playoff hopes ended, which obviously he would have been upset about, but he had that time, to, to work on stopping Wrexham, and, and he, he said he knew what Wrexham were going to, how they were going to play, uh, he knew about how Phil Parkinson's side line up, and, and he was able to focus on getting that done, and oh, it paid off in spades, didn't it, and you know, I'm, I'm delighted for him, because we've had him on the show a few times, and he just seems like a really nice bloke, Candy Woodburn, but I think he's a very good manager, I think if you crossed him, I think he would he, he would certainly make you aware of it. But uh, uh, he comes across so well every time we have him on the show, doesn't
3: he? Yeah, again, I texted him on Monday at 10 o'clock and I thought, oh, he might not be able to come back to us because if I was him, I'd still be on the last from there. But, you know, he did. He took time out, 10 minutes of his day. And, you know, he probably had numerous interviews, but an absolutely top man. I think, uh, interestingly, he gave a lot of credit to his backroom staff there. He's the sort of figurehead for the club but then um, he's got good people behind him and now they've got to make sure they move on from there. But, you know, um, he's been linked with jobs before and winning trophies like that could see him linked with other jobs as well. But I think he's got a job to do it probably there. And it'll be interesting to see how they got on next season. Now, you know, can this be a, you know, something to move on a stepping stone for them?
0: Yeah. I've actually written on my notes here springboard. Uh, and he did say to him, but he said, you know, it won't mean I'm going to get any more money to spend on players, but people will will know. and, in some ways, I suppose, you know, Dover being relegated might help them a little bit because it does give them the geographical edge. I mean, obviously, we know Maidstone uh, have come up and, and as we'll be discussing shortly, Dorking's not too far away from Bromley either. But, you know, I think that they're a, a, an attractive proposition. And, you know, we've kind of talked before about how you see the same old... Uh, managers cropping up for the certain jobs and, and you sometimes get that with players as well but I think actually Andy Woodman is is, is stretching the net a little bit further yes he's got some players that uh, have been known to Bromley he's got players that have been around the Bromley squad before that he's brought back in but I think he, he has contacts elsewhere and he's not afraid to use them and I think if he can get the get, get a good squad together and, and start the season well next season and there's absolutely no reason why they can't get back up towards those playoff bases. You know, we're obviously in the middle of the playoffs at the moment. Halifax playing Chesterfield as we record this. We've already seen Notts County uh, go out. So it's still going to be tough. There's still going to be some big ex-football league clubs uh, for Bromley to compete with. But having beaten Wrexham, they know that they can take on anyone in this league. And and I think that's a, a massive thing. And Andy Woodman, again, you know, it, in some ways, the second summer when you, when you take over, as he did sort of February, March time, is important because some players who were under contract will be out of contract. So that gives, you know, fewer players that you didn't inherit. And, and it's another chance to build your squad even further. And, and probably when the season comes around in August, we'll actually see Andy Woodman's Bromley, maybe for the first time.
3: Yeah, I think I think Mash what MASH said as well, like when I spoke to him at the Dover game, he said that this season, you know, he's inherited the players. But this season will be the first one where he can bring his own squad in. Players are out of contract. Where will he bring those players from? He's got a lot of contacts in the game. I think it's a big summer for them. And again, Bromley, uh, you know, a solid National League outfit for a while. Well run, infrastructure of the club, absolutely superb. Again, name and Maidstone may be going for the same sort of players, but will players think, well, even though I think Maidstone will do okay next season, maybe Bromley could be a bit of a better bet at the right end of the table. So it'd be interesting to see what they bring in, um, what sort of players he... Yeah, like everything, you know, the recruitment's absolutely key. And it'll be interesting to see where he picks his players up from. You know, I think Michael Cheek's out of contract as well and bits and pieces like that. So will that be the end of him? Will they move him on? Because, again, league-wise, his goals have dried up a little bit, but the trophy, very good.
0: As well, it must be difficult for Andy Woodburn now because he's seen those players go out and... And make history for Bromley and and give everything they've got and I'm guessing he's going to have some uncomfortable conversations in the next few days with with some players and say to them well you know thank you for everything you've done but it's time to move on and I suppose if you're a player and your last act is to win the game at Wembley then you're over the moon but also a a bit gutted that you you played such a big part in that and then you were were asked to move on. Well that's
3: part of football isn't it Um, again there's no time for not loyalty, but you know, look Weston on your laurels. If he thinks a player, you know, has done his time and he has to move him on, he has to move him on, whatever the success they've been. So again, I'm sure the owners, who are, say the infrastructure of that football club, absolutely first class. They 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 want to go to a level. They've won the trophy. They've taken it to a level. Now the next trophy, next one, to cement a playoff place again, and then go forward and try and be promoted. So I think the club uh, are only going in one direction, and I'm sure Andy. Well, not under pressure, but the the owners who's invested a lot of money in that club, when you look at the infrastructure, they'll be hopeful that they can um, go one level more sooner rather than later.
0: Yes, another team who were hoping to go one level more uh, were Ebb's Fleet United. But that delight for Bromley came 24 hours after absolute heartbreak for Fleet. They twice led at Dorking Wanderers, including Craig Tanner, putting them ahead in stoppage time. But heartache was to come in the ninth minute of added time when former Fleetman Luke moore levelled to take it into extra time. And having conceded in the 99th minute, they then also conceded in the 97th. Alfie Rutherford's goal, ensuring that it was Dorking who booked their spot in the National League. Uh, an awful, awful way to lose, isn't it? When you're so close and, and then end up losing.
3: I can't imagine how gutted you must be from an absolute point of view. I think that's their fifth playoff final. They've had a bit of heartbreak over the time. You scoring the 92nd minute. A nice goal as well on the counter-attack when I saw the highlights. Put it in. And again, everybody's gonna say it's all about the f- the flair, isn't it? That's caused all the issues. But then Luke Moore coming back to Hortley's old club, scoring that goal, and then I presume the ascendancy came with uh with Dawkins and Dawkins have won and run and it. People would say that Dorkin arguably were the second best side in the division. So they should be the side that get promoted, but I've, you've got to feel for them. Absolutely distraught. Um, and I've got to make sure that there's no hangover. You see certain clubs hangovers for next season because nobody's ever got closer to get promoted there, have they? Um, and I think I read somewhere he'd rather lose five, one than lose exactly like that with the last, you know, losing, you know, force the next time the last kick of a game, but you've got to feel for them. But they've had a good season did they have that little bit announced to sit out you'll never know but um Dennis Katribe's done a good job i think a lot of their players are already contracted for next season so you're probably looking at the side who are favorites to win the league next year
0: yeah i mean it's all well and good looking at the uh, the flare uh situation which obviously did add some time on to the time but dennis katribe said that when the flare was cleared he was told there were 3 minutes left and the goal came in 4 minutes 20 seconds or something like that um and and you can't you can't, legis- you know, the, the, there's no way that more time was added on because of that incident. Um, so I think that's a little bit um, churlish to bring that up. But it is absolutely heartbreaking. But of course, as you say, Matt, they will be favourites to win the league next year because uh, it's not as if there's anyone, any any cop coming down into the league who will compete. Um, but you've also seen that they're, they're this isn't the end of the road for them, is it? is it? I guess in some ways it might have been had Dorking not got promoted would they would their squad have broken up a little bit and a lot of their players are, are, are getting on as well you know Luke Moore's 34 I think play you know that it, it was almost it almost felt to me like that was last chance for Dorking with with the squad of players that they've got whereas absolutely we know that they're building we know yeah. that they're they've got a really strong squad we know that they're that they want to get back to that level and that this isn't this isn't the end for them, and Dennis katrie He's only had one full season. He he will know a lot more about National League South than he did even this time last year, when the season kicks off again. And you know that they will know that they they could have done better. And I'm I'm sure Matt they'll go out and they'll add some more quality to that squad. Uh, you can see there's they've got some really really good players in there, but there's obviously areas they can improve as well. And that's going to be the big thing for them. And, and and I think as you say that they're, they're going to be favourites. And, and I think you know. We, we're a bit silly to probably be talking about it now, but Ebbsfleet and Dartford are surely going to be knocking it out at the top again next season. So uh, it, it's great, but it is how you bounce back. And, and we did try to get someone from fleet on the show, but um, various things kind of fell through. Uh, and, and I guess at the moment, if you're Dennis Katrib, uh, if you're anyone to do with Ebbsfleet, thinking about the National League South is the last thing you want to do. And I guess they just want to have a bit of a clean break. And then they, it's important that they come back and hit the ground running when preseason starts.
3: Yeah. Being full time probably helps. I don't know how many full time sides are in the, the full, full time sides in that National League South so they can attract players who may leave from top thing. And again, I'm led well, according to Jim Palmer, so they've got the highest budget in the league, absolutely. Uh, and um, um, so, uh, again, okay, budgets don't mean two things. They've had, they've had a good season. Again, they've had, as somebody says, that extra little bit of nows, maybe they need a little bit of experience. Somebody who's been there, done it. At that level. I know he's quite a, quite quite a young side, Dennis he has got and they play some lovely football and you know on a footballing point of view, there's not much better teams in, in that level than play football. But sometimes you maybe a little bit of now. So you look at that goal from Dorking, if you've seen it on social media, the equalizer, it's just Route One, ball into the box, somebody wins ahead and somebody gambles with the back post. And sometimes maybe you just need that little bit of experience and now to see you through with what you've got. But you're interested to see you again everybody's recruitment's absolutely key this season isn't it so see what they do and I would have thought I'm led to believe according to Charles Webster Radio Kent man that a lot of the players are contracted for next season anyway so um, there's not going to be a huge turnover of players which may help them and those players will be hungry not to go through what they've done through over the last over on Saturday.
0: I mean I suppose for for, for Fleet, if I'm looking at the, at the league table you know and and I kind of was going to say, well, they conceded quite a few goals. They conceded actually as many as Dorking did, fifty three. Uh, but that is quite a lot for a team uh, around the top. Dorking offset that by scoring one hundred and one. Ipswich uh, mm. scored seventy eight, which was the third highest in the league. Uh, but their fifty three goals, only one team in the playoff places conceded more, and that was Eastbourne Borough, who conceded seven of them on the on the final day of yeah. the season. And and I think, I think having spoken to Charles a couple of times and, and seen I think. Dennis Guthrie's actual priority this se- this summer is a goalkeeper, uh, I-, I think. I don't think the move uh, for-, for Chris Hague has-, has worked out particularly well. Um, I-, I think they just need a-, a-, a strong presence at the back there, uh, who they can have all season, and, and he who will-, he will command that defence. I mean, they've got some experienced names in that defence. Uh, they've got some quality players throughout their team. But I-, I think back to when I saw them on the opening day of the season, and they were brilliant that day. They were absolutely superb. They tore Tumbridge Angels apart. But I just look at it and I, and, and I said that day, I want to see what they're like when they need to find a goal with five minutes to go. And and I, and I and, and that still remains for me. I mean, they lost 12 games this season. That's too many for a team to win the league. Again, only Eastbourne uh, in the top six lost more games than that. Maystone lost seven games. They didn't draw enough games, absolutely. And, and I think that's the problem. They They had to find a way maybe to to grind out those results. Maybe that's what they need to do a little bit better. It's, it's all well and good playing the, the fantastic football when it all clicks. But there are days, especially in this league, when you've got to go to some tough old places. You know, you've know, you got to go to Bath. You've got to go to Welling. You've got to go to Braintree. Sometimes you've just got to go and grind out a result. And, and I wonder if that's just where Ebbsfleet just ever so slightly came up short.
3: Yeah, you could say that. Uh, I think... The goalie coming from Wolves, Maldon, he I think he did a job. I think, yeah, they went through some goalkeepers, so they found it. I'm sure Dennis petrie he knows the intricacies of the game now. I think probably after one and a half seasons, uh, what he needs to do. Yeah, I'm sure he'll work it on from where they are. Uh, and I remember they'll, they'll be up there again. Again, he's got how much is that disappointing? You know, they lose the first game of the season. Everybody says, oh, you got a hangover from the thing and you can't get away from it. So key for them is probably start well next season and everybody will soon forget what happened at the weekend. But you've got to feel for them. And, and, and I hate to be an Epswich fan after that. Leaving that ground, you must have been absolutely heartbroken.
0: And, and they've done it before in player finals, haven't they? I mean, they, they lost late on... Uh, or they conceded very late on when they lost to Maidstone, didn't they? And everything like that. So, yeah. you know, they, they've been there and done it. And there are some long-suffering uh, Ebb's Feet United fans. But the, the, the key is, if you can find a, a way to bounce back, and, you know, obviously we don't cover them uh, on this show, but if you remember, Gillingham in 1999 had that absolute heartbreak against Manchester City. I don't know what ever happened to Man City after that. Maybe they went on and won the odd thing. But that they were two goals up with in stoppage time or a minute to play, uh, and then lost on penalties. But then the next year, they actually won the playoff final. So um it does just show if you if you can come into it with the right mentality and and start well, uh, I think that's the thing. and And I think Dennis Katriebe knows enough that he he will be able to control those players and say to them, "Look, you know, when the dust has settled, come on, lads, we know what we can do. Let's go again." start the season strongly and 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 push on and and i and i really hope that they have another good season uh, and as i say I, I i'd love nothing more than an absolute dartford uh title race with with dover coming up on the rails and sneaking in the playoffs matt yeah uh, hopefully so that is the end of the season for all of our clubs. The last game involving in the Kent Club this season was a win at Wembley. What a campaign it has been. We've had highs, lows, ups, downs, managerial changes and a whole lot more. For one team though, 21-22 was a season that they will never forget. Four trophies, including two Kent Senior Trophy wins and the Southern Counties East League title after a titanic battle with Chatham Town. Uh, this week has also marked 10 years since Matt Smith became chairman of Sheerness East who later merged with Sheppey United and became the club that they now are today so it seemed like the perfect opportunity to speak to Matt about the season to remember.
2: It's beyond my wildest dreams anyone at the club's wildest dreams we actually said a thank you to the supporters on a video that was posted online and, and, and if you'd have seen us against Kennington when we drew free all after that lockdown tournament that decimated us as a club with players believing etc I think nobody would have thought we'd have won anything to be honest we were tipped to a, Challenge Chatham for the title, and and if you saw that game, you'd have tipped us to finish mid-table, to be honest. And what Ernie and Marcel pulled together was just unreal, to be honest. And and a testament to them guys and the players that come in. We beyond my wildest dreams, I couldn't, I could never have imagined
0: it. It has just been uh, incredible. I suppose winning the, the Kent Senior Trophy twice is that the highlight, or is it winning the league?
2: Always the league, unfortunately. For me, I'm, I'm a bread and butter man. It was, promotion was the aim at the beginning of the season, but to actually go on and win the league was superb by every team player that was there. It, I, I just, I still pinch myself sitting in now as we're talking about it. I, I don't think that season will ever be replicated. And, and to see yesterday the FA bars with Little Hampton in the final and thinking about that 1-0 loss down there and what could have been, it it just beggars belief really but to to win two kent senior trophies was superb but but definitely the league for me meant more and it meant more for everyone at the club i think because we've been a long a long time in the wilderness with the club not being around and and to come back almost 10 years for me since i've been in i think it's just fantastic
0: I mean, you've got to say that you and Chatham were, were, were both phenomenal this season. And, and I suppose, you know, in the end, you got over the line. But what what a challenge they put up as well.
2: Oh, fantastic set Kevin's done wonders at that club. And I've and, and tipped my hat to them. It was, what team has ever finished second on 100 points? Do you know what I mean? And, and scoring the amount of goals they scored. I just think it was a phenomenal season for us both. But luckily, we come out on
0: top. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great contest. One for the neutral, I think. <laughs> and obviously, the, the the scaffold itself, you're not going to be a scaffold club next season. But, it, but it's been a great league to be part of for the last few years.
2: Oh, it's a fantastic league. We will actually be part of the scaffold because we're entering a development team. So. I will be staying around the scaffold for a while, hopefully. So, but no, it, it was a fantastic competition, and and I think next year, if you look on paper, next year there's some there's some big money being spent, and lots of teams flying their hat in the ring with Glebe here from Belvedere. You've got Tunbridge Wells, you've got uh, Whitstable, obviously
0: Phoenix who have just come down. I think I'll be watching a few games in that league as well. Uh, For for you, though, the Isthmian League, uh, an exciting time. And I guess we've seen teams from the scaffold go up and do well. So you've got to be confident that you're going to hold your own at the very least. John, I I don't want to sound all depressing here, but I don't want to
2: get caught up in the flow and and, and got to manage everyone's expectations, really. We're we're a new club going into that. Yes, we'll be looking to bounce on and do all that stuff. And and do I believe the levels are that different? Possibly not, but but some of the games I've seen there, the, I saw the Herne Bay game that you were at, but against Ashford, and, and that made me realise that there is a difference in step. Those those two sides were very very good, and, and and I think for me it's just to get in that league, compete, do all we can. Do you know, I mean we we've got some players to announce that are staying with us, some some new ones coming in. So yeah, we will we will hold our own. I'm sure, as I touched with as I say that, but. I, I think it's about managing expectations. It's not going to be like last year where you're winning every week and, and, and all that for the supports. It, it's, there's some big clubs in there with, with Ramsgate, You know, it, It's crazy. And Again, I pinch myself because I can't believe we're
0: in that league so quickly. Yeah, I mean, we are talking pretty much 10 years to the day that you first sort of became involved with this club, albeit under a different guise. Uh, so, I mean, when you look at how far it, it's all come 10 years ago, would you have believed that you could have achieved what you've achieved?
2: no no Johnny I was actually talking to my wife about it this morning and, and I just I walked into a, a park pitch for want of a better word and I was actually with Kevin Hayes at the time and Kevin and I had a bit of a dream and, and to be honest ten years later he's he fulfilled his ambition at Chatham and, and and I've done it here at Sheffield. it's and it's not just the, the, the actual success we have on the field I'm, I'm just as proud of, of the building blocks we've put in place behind it, the youth section with Gary Seamart, my joint chairman. He's done some fantastic work. For me, I'm, I'm pleased that Paul Rogers has rejoined as a commercial manager this year to take things up another notch, just to be that, that step above commercially. It's it's definitely things I'm proud of, not just the success, the four trophies. Yes, that's what we're all right about. But for me, it's the infrastructure as well, to have that ground, to, to have the youth now all playing there. It's it, it's something to look back on and be very, very proud of. Not just for me, but the committee members that have made it all happen as well, because I may be the face you see as the chairman, but
0: there's a lot of people <laughs> in a lot of hard work as well as I do. And I suppose as well that the number of people that are getting behind your team, obviously you've got a geographical advantage in, in one way, because people of the Isle of Sheppey will get behind your team.
2: Yeah, I think Ernie and I talked about it. Um, and we, we said, what, what level do we think this club could go up to with a support? And, and, and I think we could quite comfortably average 1,000 supporters if we get to the right level. I think next season, we've got to be looking at averaging 400 supporters because, obviously, no disrespect to the scaffold, but in the Ishmian League, South East, there'll be other supporters coming to watch the away side, whereas you don't necessarily get too much of that in the scaffold. So they're going to bump our home figures up. So hopefully we'll just keep
0: the building blocks we'll just keep being put in place and we'll go from there. Uh, and You've mentioned you've got some new players coming in. And you know, I know you're not going to tell me any of them but uh, are some of them exciting? Will the, will the fans be pleased? Uh,
2: I, th- I think the fans will be just as pleased about the ones we're keeping given that every single one of our players seems to have spoke to every club in Kent. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, it, it, a lot of it was securing what we have and, and looking just to, to push on to the next level but one I can tell you about, there's already been uh, is the manager's player last year, Renford, a good utility player. He, he's committed to us and there's a few more in the offing because obviously we can't just throw them all out there. we want to try
0: and drip-feed it on social media so everyone misses the club Is it, is it one of those where is it that the players that have, that have helped you get to this level deserve that opportunity?
2: Oh definitely John the, 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 the trouble you have is when, when you have such a phenomenal season that we had is, is you put those players in the shop window so clubs higher up the pyramid and, and you've only got to look at how well Danny Leonard has done at Dartford to, to see that our players are obviously not playing below themselves, but they can do it at that level, can't they? So I just think our trouble is, be careful what you wish for sometimes, because with success comes other managers sniffing around players. And obviously not all our players are under contract. So it's just about trying to keep the core of the guys together and, and spending sensible amounts of money as always. But it's just trying to keep that core of players together.
0: Obviously, one player who has moved on is is Jamal, but uh, his story is a lot more than what he's done on the pitch this season. And I think that was a a real moment for Sheppey United, really, wasn't it? The, the way that that was all handled and you know, it was just, it was welcomed, and and it didn't seem to be uh, any sort of coming against it, which which I thought was really nice. As a club, we've always been welcoming. I think Jamal would
2: put on record that we just tried to be there for him, and, that, and that's all we ever do for any player, be that. Jamal any any of them we, we just want to be an all inclusive club and and, and Jamal did what he did and, and we st- obviously stuck by him because he's a lovely guy and, and we did the right thing and, and I think he, he blossomed from that he, he was actually able to beat himself and, and enjoy his football again not thinking about anything other than his football so it, it was great for him it was great to see so for me I'm, I'm proud of everyone else in, in the team the coaches the way they all dealt with that because at that time I'd actually for a few months, so I wasn't particularly involved. I just, I just
0: knew it was going to happen. All the guys who were there dealt with it brilliantly. And just finally, obviously, now it's the summer. I guess you're having a little bit of a of a relax, but the the, the hard work does does have to start soon, doesn't it?
2: John, I wish I was having a relax. it's the busiest time ever now. So we get out, sorting, obviously meeting players with and try sell them the dreams sell them the job it's obviously the commercial activities that happen off the field that we have to put in place so we're trying to get new sponsors in we are trying to finalize season ticket prices getting the books printed the designs for them it's uh yeah it's, i'd love to say i'm relaxing but unfortunately this is probably the busiest time for me ever
0: there's really not a lot you can say after that matt than what a season a great achievement for the It's and although he's not getting carried away i think they're hoping that this is just a start for them
3: yeah, and I uh, always say on this programme, if you've got the infrastructure of your club, which clearly they have done, from what he said 10 years ago and the, what they were playing on, the infrastructure, and, and you get the right managerial structure in as well, you can be successful. So, you know, what he said there, uh, thinks they can attract a 1,000 people. I've I mean, I, I, I got no idea how many people live on the Isle of Sheppey. got no idea how big a place it is. I don't think I've ever been to the Isle of Sheppey either. I can think of but... Uh, I don't know how many, but he thinks they can get a thousand people every week if they're successful, which is absolutely big. It's that mentality. I think that people want to support the team from there. He's done it. They've got the infrastructure right. Again, we said about that. They're used to winning football matches, John, and that goes so, so much next season. And, I'm, you know, the players they've got, the players they're strengthened, I'm sure they'll be one of the best supported teams in the league. Um, and from what people seem to think, that they wouldn't have looked out of place if they were in the uh, uh, South East division last season. So an interesting time awaits for them. There may be the ups, there may be the downs, but, you know, you might not have said it in there. But I'm sure they'll be hoping to at least get in the playoffs positions in what will be, will be an exciting division for all our Kent sides next year.
0: Yeah, 40,000 people uh, live on the Isle of Sheppey. So there right. is definitely the potential there. And, you know, the, geographically, as as I said there, you know, they they are fortunate in terms of there's no other team on that island to, to attract the, their people to go there, you know, the, the, and and the fact that they're called Sheppie United does kind of bring together everybody who lives there. And and, and, I, and I think there is, you know, there is the potential there for, for them to to go well next season. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, it, it's going to be a fantastic division because there's so many good clubs up there. Uh, and Matt did say there that Renford to new Ed had signed on, but they've also since then, uh, Announced, which I was told uh, off the record, but they've announced since then uh, that Liam Gillies uh, is staying on, and the big one for them, Billy Bennett, their captain, uh, who lifted all those trophies, he is signed on to stay at Sheffield United next season, uh, and he is a, a man who who is going to be key for them because he'll come up to that level and, and he'll feel very comfortable there, I'm sure. Uh, and, and they're they're building the blocks. I mean, we've obviously seen Jamal's moved on, uh, Helgo Roma announced that he's moving on. Uh, and and there's they've got potential there at Sheppey United and you know we're seeing a lot of comings and goings from a lot of clubs elsewhere in that division. Sheppey have kind of kept their powder dry at the moment with in terms of big arrivals, but I think in the next few weeks we're going to see both them and Chatham sort of stretching their muscles a little bit, showing what they've got, and I think both of those teams will be well placed to to, to go on and and really really push on. Yeah, I, I think
3: they're, again they're both you know you don't really tinker too much of what was successful last season because how many games they lose? Two, was it one? So players are probably comfortable, probably playing at a level they're now even more comfortable at. So yeah, I think they should look again and I'm sure there's going to be some other players coming in. Yeah, interesting times there. you They know, both had a great season, four trophies. Again, interesting work, hard work never stops for people running football clubs, does it? Even at that level, you've got to organise and do bits and pieces. But, You know, after the season they've had, you must just be more, 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 just really looking forward to the season start back in August.
0: Yeah, and we should also pay tribute, as I did uh, with Matt there, to Chatham, because they had a fantastic season as well. They ended up with no trophies, unbelievably, apart from the one that we obviously gave them uh, back at the the very start of the the lockdown tournament. But, um, you know, what a season they had. And as Matt said there, you know, you're not going to get too many teams, get 100 points, uh, and not win the league. And, and that was a phenomenal effort from them. And, and the scaffold, very, very blessed to have had two sides like that. And, and the whole of the scaffold was fantastic. Even at the bottom, uh, the battle was really, really good and and uh, a fantastic season. And, and full credit to both those teams who who will go on. And I'm sure they're going to do, they're going to do well next season.
3: Yeah. Um, I'll be, I'll be surprised if they wouldn't do. And I'm sure, um you know, teams going there in the cup competitions, you know, you, you'd be you be a little bit worried if you draw and again it was like beat welling a few years ago now i'm sure the fa cup will be a big event for these clubs and if they you know the draw hands are up right particularly at home they could be a threat in that so it's so exciting for them isn't it you know they did, probably didn't want the season to end and now you've got to wait just under three months before it starts up again but yeah exciting times and i'll, I'll be interested again who they're going to bring in before the end of this before the uh, next few weeks but i'm sure there'll be players that we which will make me think, blimey out. they're doing well.
0: Yeah, and one of those clubs, Sheppard United, who over the course of doing this podcast have, have always been a consistent uh, team who've done really well. So you, you kind of, I remember going to see them quite early when we were doing it and they had a, you go to the cup final of that first year and it's been nice watching them grow, getting the pitch down and, and seeing the improvements that they've done at the stadium uh, and, and as, as same with Chatham as well. And, and you know, w- Kent, foot, Kent non-league football is in really, really good shape at the moment, I think. And, and and those two teams, if everything goes their way, they could be at the forefront of it for the next few years, couldn't they?
3: Uh, yeah, they're not going to sit on their laurels. The level they in at the moment, they're not going to try and keep in that. I think they, I think both sides think they could probably be Kent um, Conference South. So um, it would be fantastic if we can make you know the ESPN Premier Division a Kent-dominated division and move through, through the... Uh, Level so make it because the strength as you say the strength of kent league football is excellent at the moment
0: yeah i mean of course obviously we've got four teams and i suppose we should also mention um home bay and their brilliant promotion to, to make it four teams in the ismia league uh southeast and then obviously you've got uh folkestone will be looking to push again cray wanderers have got neil smith in place now and he'll be looking to go again and and andy drury's he's, he's made some interesting signings i think uh in his early days at margate bringing in players who, who've impressed at the level below and i think that's what Margate need to do, they need to go almost back to basics, so again, another team looking up, uh, and hopefully the Isthmian Premier, as you say, four Kent teams in it next season, Uh, we'll be hoping to add more to that uh, in the following season, but uh, again, there's there's so much to be excited about over the next few months, isn't there?
3: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of clubs, um, you know, even, you know, we talk about Whitstable, you know, they get a new pitch down there, new manager, you know, they're disappointing last season, but everybody's, everybody can't wait for it to go, there's you know we didn't have many problems this year, did we? we apart from DoG, I don't think we got any other sides relegated apart from West unfortunately. But
0: yeah,
3: and Phoenix, and, I, so, and Phoenix, yeah, sorry, Phoenix. But yeah, I, I think everybody's looking up uh, and we can't wait for the season to to start back in August again. By the end of August, they might be thinking, "Oh Christ, here we go again." But you know the optimism is high, and as I say, I think probably this, we've been doing this probably how I many four seasons now, five seasons. It's never been stronger, John, I don't think. And probably in all my time, I've watched it, the quality of the players coming through.
0: Well, can you believe it? We're doing it again. We uh, Recorded the show earlier on on Tuesday evening and very shortly ago, the... News broke uh, from Dartford that manager Steve King has had his contract terminated. Disappointing season uh, in the end for the Darts, who did win the Kent Senior Cup, as we saw last week, but uh, missed out in the playoffs, losing at home to Chippenham uh, on penalties. And the news has broken on Tuesday evening via Twitter. uh, A club statement says, Following a board meeting this evening, it was unanimously agreed to terminate the contract of Steve King. A further statement will be released in due course. So Steve King's time at Dartford has come to an end. Uh, he has well, he'll be disappointed with with how it's all played out. Obviously, to have lost his job, he'll be disappointed. But from where his Dartford side were at the start of the last season, and we talked about it a lot last week on the podcast, they've 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 not achieved what they were hoping to uh, this season. Uh, but Steve King is a is, is a safe pair of hands in National League South. But it is just getting that team. ...over the line and Dartford have obviously decided that he's not the man uh, to take them forward into next season. That now leaves another enticing job up for grabs uh, in the county. Who will we see... Turn up at Prince's Park. We will wait and see. Keep an eye on our social media uh, for that. Obviously, we won't have another show to discuss it. So it, the new manager will probably have been in post for two months before we even come up with uh, a show to discuss who it is. But Dartford, uh, after all the years of having Tony Berman there, they they've changed manager a few times now in the past few years as they try to find the formula to get them back into the National League. But it won't be Steve King who takes them forward. Uh, Many considerations to Steve. Uh, He'll be disappointed with how it's ended for him at Dartford. I'm sure we'll see him again in the game. But for now, Darfur have sacked manager Steve King uh, earlier on this evening on Tuesday. And now let's go back to me to discuss the rest of the comings and goings uh, across the county in the Kenton League podcast. A couple of bits of housekeeping, actually. BCD Athletic have appointed Grant Basie uh, as their new manager, which I think is a, a very good call. Uh, after his experience at Cray Wanderers last season and his involvement with Charlton, I think that's a good call. Good call. Uh, Kevin Oakes is going to be manager of Wellingtown again. Uh, and they've announced today that they're going to be ground sharing at Chatham next season, which is a bit of a trek from... From where they're based, but it's nice for them. He, when we've spoken to him before on the show, he's always said about the problems that they've had finding a stadium, and it may not be the ideal option, but it's it's a good a good place for them to play football and with it being a, a 3G pitch as well. You know, it, it's, it's kind of win win situation, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think it, it probably is. I suppose eventually they'd like to share with Welling United, but Welling already got
0: Eric there well for net, so.
3: Yeah. yeah, so they can't do that as well, unless Welling went to a 3G. You probably could do it then, but again, there's Various bits and pieces. Yeah, but they, yeah, a win-win situation is a bit of a trek, but there'll still be, um, you know, a handful for some of these clubs that they'll come up again next season, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, so let's look back then at our highlights of the season. Matt, it's been a, a wretched season for, for you watching Dover, but I'm guessing your highlight will be that first win against Eastleigh.
3: Yeah, it wasn't the greatest season, um, I have to say. That's a bit I of know, an understatement, isn't it? yeah. yeah. It won't live long in the memory. Um, yeah, the win was good. At least I saw them win. We got to one point And that's all I can say is about it. Um, let's hope after game one of next season that we've beaten the uh, points tally of uh, this season and then we can look up. But I- I'm not I'm not expecting miracles next season. Um, still haven't released our retain list. But, it's, and, but again, it's all to do with the recruitment, John. It, it, you know, if Dover get in the playoffs, I'll be absolutely surprised, but delighted.
0: What was the uh, the best game that you saw over the course of the season? Forgetting for, for from a Dover point of view. I mean, obviously, you see other games here and there. Anything stand out?
3: Uh, focusing against uh, Faversham in the trophy was good. And my mate, Eddie also who probably still is probably the best player I thought I'd saw this season, as in best performance from a player. He, I thought he was a lovely player um, in that position. Uh, um, Yeah. Again,
0: you see Folkestone against Eastleigh as well. That was a good game, wasn't it? Yeah, Folkestone.
3: Yeah, it was a good game. Folkestone came back in that. Again, Paxman. He's the kind of player that I'd like David to sign. Um, Very good player down the left-hand side. Really put Josh Hare on the back foot from there. Yeah, Folkestone. Folks looked looked look good to me against and They were very unlucky there. Great atmosphere in the, in the game as well. That was a, a cracking replay and they were really unlucky there, folks. And so that was a good yeah, saw Darfur win a few games. Maidstone, I saw their last home defeat of the season back in November. And as I said to you before, if you'd have said to me they're going to go and win the league, I'd have told you you're absolutely mad. But that shows what I know about football, really. So, yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, um... Uh, the quality, again, the quality of the National League, the National League's a tough league. On a different time, Dover might have picked up a few more points if they had an extra bit of quality, but I'm glad the season's over. I mean, I, you know, when when it comes the next time we record this pod, John, I'll probably be buzzing and say, we're going to win the league. But as we record this on the 24th of May, um, if you'd offer me the FA Cup first round against somebody big and maybe finish 10th in the National League South, I'd probably take it.
0: Yeah, I saw 24 matches apparently over the course of the season, Uh, 64 goals. uh, Obviously, uh, I went to 16 different grounds, seven of them I'd never been to before, which I don't think is bad. Uh, My most visited ground was uh, Eastbourne Borough's Priory Lane uh, Stadium, of course, because that's just up the road. But um, I mean, I've seen some great games of football in there, some not so great as well. I suppose ones that stick in my mind will be that last time I was at Eastbourne when Dartford won 7-2 there. I haven't seen many games like that. As I've already mentioned, Ebbetsfleet's opening day win over Tunbridge Angels. And what about that scaffold top of the table clash between Chatham and Sheppey? A bumper crowd uh, in early January. We've got great, uh, get some really really good games of football. Some really uh, enjoyable stuff. And obviously, I've seen a lot of our clubs. Uh, people have always been really welcoming to me, and uh, and I do. Always really appreciate it. We never take it for granted uh, that people want to talk to us. So we do really appreciate that. What about any, any funny moments, Matt? Not many laughs at Crabble over the past 12 months or so, but has there been anything that's that's made you chuckle and give you a smile?
3: Um, some of the performances of certain players have made me chuckle. I won't go into that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's, you know, I just always say, yeah, nothing for chuckle, but just the pick what people have and their... Love for the club from whatever level. If you're just a, if you're an owner, a fan, a media person, and they, and all the commitment that goes into running a football club, and you t- people take this for granted, but you know there's a lot of people who love their Kenton League football and love helping their club out. So I think um, fair play to, to them on, on, on that situation. there has been plenty of funny things, but you know I can't really think of it. The same, all I'm ever going to think about this season, is look back in. 10 years when I get my book out, what I've got all my team sheets in and things like that is Dover only got one point. So that's it. That's all I've got. That's, that's the season. This season will always be known for that, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah, that, that's, I think, what it is. And was, well, I, what was your prediction for Dover at the start? You thought they'd do all right, didn't you? You thought they'd go down, but put up a bit more of a fight than they did.
0: Well, I don't think anyone would have thought they were going to be <laughs> that bad. I mean, I remember you saying, Oh, October time is when we want to be on, on positive oh, yeah, points. Right. I've and, still uh, got
3: and that graph was it. So after nine games, you yeah. want to be on zero points. Yeah. It's, and how many did it take you? Th-
0: 29? <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, my funniest moment, and I'm going to try and um, call someone live on the show now, which we've never done before. Um, so obviously, a great highlight for for us, me and Matt, was winning the Silver Award. Uh, at the football content awards oh, Yes. Um, and uh, just after that happened our mystery guest who I'm about to try and call and I really hope he's going to answer uh, said to me that if I attended more games uh, we might have won the gold so let me just uh, call this person he'll be able to hear you'll be able to hear him Matt but he won't be able to hear you so yeah. hopefully he's going to answer so let's see what happens put him on speakerphone and see what happens you when the phone's ringing
3: like a radio one competition
0: yeah I hope he answers with the magic words if he answers this is all going to be edited out if he doesn't it's not looking good is it
3: welcome
0: to the o2 no, no he's on o2 speak, as well
3: Taking a two-do lead against halifax
0: Have they? Well, i'm expecting my phone may he may ring me back when he's seen the phone so i will hold my thought on that um and we shall see what happens because uh, he was texting me earlier on this evening, so we shall wait and see what happens. But yeah, we'll come back to my funniest moment if the phone rings again. Um, but yeah, it has been uh, a wonderful season. We've had so many, uh so many highlights uh, over over the course of the year. And you know, as always, mate, doing the show is always a highlight, isn't
3: yeah. it? Yeah, well exactly. We, it's been more of an evening thing now because of various um, things with jobs and things like that. But again, the evenings of
0: and flying
3: past, when we've been doing this as well. So yeah, it's always enjoyable. I think we both need probably need a bit of a break. Well, you you editing all this, editing all my swearing out and things like that. But we really enjoyed it. Second place. Maybe we'll try and get gold next season, John, if we can. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's a something we really do enjoy, and I can't wait for next season. We need a bit of a break now, but we'll go um, next season as well. think hopefully, we'll, the listeners will continue next season as well, and, and which, which I hope will be even a more successful season.
0: Oh, I thought my phone was going to ring then. It was starting to make a noise on the thing, but it, it hasn't rung yet. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing. Uh, I, I'm hoping he's going to call me back. Uh, but if not, I'm going to re- I'm, we're going to record this now just in case he doesn't call back in time to finish the show. So um, basically, yeah, the, the, the mystery guest texted me and said, if I attended more games, then we might have won the gold at the Football Content Awards. Uh, so... Are
3: we go. Uh, I, I presume we... Um...
0: We'll enter again in the football contest. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that again. But anyway, so what happened was this, man, this, uh, this mystery guest, this manager, texted me and said that. Uh, so two days later, I went to see his team play away at Lansing, and uh, I got there ready to say to him, you know, I'm here to win, to show you why we should have won the gold, and he wasn't even bloody there. And that <laughs> moment, honestly, and it was one of those where I had to play it so cool. So I thought rather than text him now. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about Michael Golding, the manager of Corinthian. Uh, rather than text him now, I'm just going to, you know, keep my powder dry and wait. So I waited until they scored and sent him a picture of the celebrations. And uh, I, I, I just remember his, his reaction was just like, no, I'm on a work trip in Bath. And it was, and I was just like, well, and, you know, he said, uh, and I, it, it was such a, sh- it, well, it wasn't a shame they won. It was great they won. Uh, but, it, it, you know, if they'd lost, I'd have said, well, maybe if you turned up for every game, you, you'd have won the gold. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get that opportunity. As I, as I say, you know, Michael, one of many managers uh, and, and chairman at clubs who've always made us feel so welcome uh, whenever we're doing this podcast. And, and as well, actually, Matt, I want to give a shout out to the people running the social media accounts, um, most of them, uh, because with, without them retweeting and, and showing their support for everything that we're doing, we, we'd be wasting our time we have a list of clubs that may, maybe don't do that and we wish you would. Um, but obviously, you know, it's entirely up to you what you do. But all those people that are doing it, they're volunteers, you know, they're doing it for their for their own good and, and they're helping publicise this show and helping publicise everything we do. And, and we do really appreciate it, don't we? Yeah,
3: 100%. There's a lot of people who, I things. We like to look at the numbers, but the numbers are really good. having have grown again this season. So please spread the word to people and, you know, the clubs that, the clubs are the are the stars of this pod. They, the results they give and the information that we can get from them is absolutely perfect. So um we're doing it for everybody in Kent because, as I say, Kent is a hotbed of football and um, that's shown again this season.
0: Yeah, it really is, and and you know, and as I say, it's, it's fantastic. And and when we started this show, it's it nearly five years ago that we first oh. recorded an episode of this show, and it was I remember it was in June 2017 when I when I messaged you and said oh. You know, I think I said something along the lines of with our sparkling banter uh, and everything like that. We, I'm sure we could do something with it. And if someone had said to us that day what this show would be, I don't think we would have believed it. Because I think we both kind of thought oh, I'll be off an hour, maybe get one guest on, um, you know, and, and we'll just run through the, the results at, at the top leagues. But what what we found is we've gone down the leagues and uh and you know people were so receptive of it and and it's 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 fab you know we've we, we've made friends we've made contacts we you know and, and I know um, and you know you see things at certain clubs and, and I know there are people who we can always it, it, I guess it brings everything home for you when you know people at the clubs uh and you know it, it sticks with me when I was at the uh, Ashford Herm Bay playoff final uh what earlier this month I remember or was it it was the back in the last month, wasn't it? But there were so many people coming up to me. I think people from five or six different clubs acknowledged me, said hello to me, you know, waved to me or whatever. Uh, and without this podcast, that wouldn't be the case, would it? People wouldn't know I'd just be a bloke sat there watching a game of football. So it's brilliant that we've kind of been able to build this, and and it's nothing without the the people that that are doing everything for these clubs.
3: Absolutely. When I start, when I started this, you didn't realise how much hard work goes in for all these clubs and what they do and just being a mouthpiece, As you said, John, you started this pod because there wasn't really much uh, coverage of some of our clubs and hopefully over the last 216 whatever it is, episodes, we've, uh, if your club, we've given them a little bit of um, information and I'm sure hopefully people that, you know, just like to f- f- find out what's going on in the Ken scene, they might not know what's going on, but they listen to the pod and have enjoyed it and if they've gone to a game themselves, We've, we've created a football fan, which is, the, which is fantastic if that's the case.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And, of course, as uh, I do spend most of the episodes uh, of the season taking the mic. but, of course, ma- massive thank you to you uh, for everything you do for this show, get, getting interviews, fitting it all in around your work uh, and your dogs and your children and everything. And, uh, of course, I really appreciate it. We don't see each other uh, as much as, as, as we possibly could, but I, that's on my list of things to do next season is to, is to see you a bit more often and we'll try and get out and... Do some bits and pieces. Obviously, you'll uh, hopefully be down in Eastbourne for a game uh, at some point, and I'm sure we'll have a we'll, we'll have a good night out doing that. But you know, thank you, Matt. It's, it's it's been a pleasure as always.
3: No, to you, mate. Again, I only talk to it and send you the thing, and you have to edit it, which sometimes probably is a labour of absolute worth of the rubbish I'm talking and the and the beeping that I put in. But no, actually enjoyable. Thanks for the Nick Cullingham for his sponsorship. If you want to carry on next year, Nick, let us know. Or if anybody else wants to sponsor, if Nick doesn't want to do it, please keep in t- contact. So, we, you know, absolute pleasure doing this. And it's it's a labour of love, John, I have to say. And uh, looking forward to see- next season already.
0: Absolutely. Well, we will be keeping uh, the social media a little bit active over the summer, especially Twitter, uh, which is our number one way, way to find out what what's going on. Uh, that's at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well if you search for the Kent NL Podcast uh, you can also find me on Twitter at JohnPips81, Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, You can find a uh, friend of the show, Michael Golding, not answering his phone, probably spending his evening with his wife uh, instead. Although she does like, to, they do like to listen to this show in bed, so hopefully they'll be hearing these words uh, just before they go night-nights uh, later on in the week uh, after he didn't answer the phone. But um, no, thank you. Well, thank you to Andy Woodman uh, and Matt Smith for their time this week. But thank you to every single guest who's been on the show uh, over the course of the season. Thank you to every single person as well who's listened to the show, has shared it on social media, uh, has interacted with us. We appreciate you more than you know, because as much as we love doing this show, without the listeners, it would be absolutely nothing. So thank you, everybody, from the bottom of both of our hearts. Uh, I hope you all have a fantastic summer. And we'll speak to you all next season on the Kent Only Podcast.
3: One. Thank Christ it's finished